It's Gentleman Jack Crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. Nineteenth century groveling, groveling, groveling. Good lord. I'm not going to read it, but as Anne seems to be on a talking world tour about her complaint, at least it feels like it, I'll also mention that on the 30th on Saturday in this run of talking about the complaint, and then on the, on 30th, she is talking to Miss Pickford, basically about the complaint and lets it drop. Like, girl, there are things, there is news and developments for my nethers, and it is not all good. And Anne does spend some time talking to Miss Pickford, trying to be like, oh, do you know what a like venereal is? And as you might imagine, Miss Pickford basically is like, I, I already know. I already have. I've been new. I've been t- new because I'm a super queer with superpowers. She tries to suss out if Miss Pickford has ever had one or just like been around one, but she can't ever quite figure it out. But we know Miss Pickford is in the know. We're just going to invent stories about Miss Pickford at this point. She is like, how would I compare her? the bet porter of lesbians she's experienced like she's been around the block this is what i'm telling myself and no one can take this from me unless you show me an actual verifiable piece of paper from the archives of something in yorkshire to be like candace look at this you're full of shit and i'd be like oh god damn it all right you got me right but yes. until then but until then i'm having fun with my miss pickford fantasies so yeah that's a thing that we don't have to, have to cover but you know now you know it and in typical ann lister fashion on the first of september after having an interaction with Mrs. Pigford, and wonders to herself, you know, I wonder though, I wonder if I and Lister have the skills to make Miss Pigford melt because the gay in me, the gay in me kind of wants to know if I have the skill to make a learned, <laughs> learned, a learned queer like Miss Pigford melt in my in I mean, my arms. purely theoretical, of course. I'll just read that sentence. And it's the last sentence of the entry in code here in the book. It has before struck me, she likes me more than I might expect. It is very odd, but if I tried, would it be possible to make her melt at all? <laughs> Sometimes these are questions I need answers just for research. So here we are. Here we are. Finally, to the other half of this miserable section, which hasn't been entirely miserable because we've had laughs, but it's been it's it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been fucking rough from warmed milk to complaints. So basically on Friday, September 12th, we finally get to motherfucking Scarborough. Scarborough, because Anne gets to Scarborough and Mariana is there with her sister Lou. And of course, the three steps business is still in her mind because how could it not? How could it not? It is there. Although I guess I should preface this by saying that, well, I guess I could just read it. Yeah, we'll start there. We'll start on the Friday on September 12th where Anne writes, um, got to Scarborough at seven. Eli received me um, and Lou out walking. Eli and I went out to meet them just the cliff end of the street. The, quote, three steps business. So in my mind, I seemed coolish, I dare say, and formal. Spoke very low and little, said I was sleepy, went upstairs at 10. M came and talked to me. So we got this first day of M and Anne seeing each other since that last incident. And Anne is, she's being pretty cool about right. it. She's like, so um, subdued. remember that last time yep. I was excited? Remember when I was excited to see your fucking face? Remember right. what happened? Remember what happened? So let me just, let me, let me play cool, which is actually how I feel, which is cool. And of course, Mariana's like, my spidey sense is starting to tingle. And uh, what is this? What is this Friday? And sees her at the end of the night. I guess before this part, I'll say that Helena Whitbread writes that on Friday, the 12th of September, 
and joined Em and her two sisters, Louisa and Elizabeth, in Scarborough. She had not yet recovered from the psychological shock of Em's horrified reaction to her wild appearance on the Blackstone Edge Moors. So that's setting it up. And then we have on Saturday, the 13th, next day, Anne writes, did not come to breakfast till 10, read M, some of my journal, dwaddled away the morning, talking to one or other till three when we dined, much too early for me, but the conveyment to have little cooking and have the servants dine after us. So on the 13th, which is the next day, Saturday, nothing really of note, but to say that she read M, some of her journal, and it was a pretty boring day doing some reading in general. On the 14th, which is Sunday, get a little more information about what's going on. Bit of an energy shift. It's about that time to get to one of my favorite, most infamous entries. Moments of cold, flashes of light. Oh, no. There were moments of cold, (laughs) there were flashes of light. There were things I'd never do again, but then they'd always seem right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A night of spectacular... um, Uh, I'm stuck on flabbergast. <laughs> so I don't, I like, you guys can't see, like, my mouth is it's just a transcendent, <laughs> transcendent grubbles. Yes. So these, <laughs> this spectacular grubble down goes down on Sunday, September 14th. And honestly, as I've been saying, September clearly yeah, is a really right great season. year. It yeah. is a blessed month. It is the reason for the season. That's when you reach oh, the la- All you ladies out there, <laughs> grab your O's in September because it'll be extra special. So yes, on the 14th of September in Scarborough, Anne writes, Em and I went out at four and sauntered on the sands to the spa and beyond it till near five. Met the girls coming to say dinner was ready, sat down to dinner at five. In the evening from 6.45 to 8, M and Lou and little Charles Milne and I sauntered along the North Sands as far as Scorby Mill. Darkish when we got back, meaning to go to bed soon, came up to my dressing room at 9.50. Perhaps about 12.30, every door and window in the house seemed to rattle, which disturbed us exceedingly. It's like so I, I'm, I'm imagining a stiff wind. Can you hear it? It's blowing right now. <laughs> right, so, where'd I leave off? Oh, right, the house was seeming to rattle. At first, we thought someone was breaking into the house, but the continuance of the noises and the pattering of rain soon ushered in a tremendous thunderstorm. Very vivid, fast-succeeding flashes of lightning and light in the whole room. After some time came one or two tremendous peals of thunder and the heaviest rain I almost ever heard. And then in code... In the midst of all this, we drew close together, made love, and had one of the most delightfully long, tender kisses we ever had. She said in the midst of it, oh, don't leave me yet. (laughs) Mariana! 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 Always with a dirty talk. I do, I do love it. And of course, Anne finishes this entry writing, this renewed and redoubled my feelings and we slept in each other's arms. Uh, The end for that entry. So, 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 so! You see what I, you see, literally, I my <laughs> literally, we know what this is. We know what this is. It's raining. It's moody. And it's, it's real easy to get thematic grubbles when the weather is help making it moody. So it was hitting all them spots. That literally was the Celine Dion spot. We got lightning. We got thunder. We have drama. We got grubbles. And according to Anne, the best they ever did do in the hall of fame of Mariana Grubbles and Dirty Talk. And we know that she has some 
some points, some places that she's gone, some heights that she's taken Anne to that Anne still isn't over it, especially now at this time. And Anne writes here, even though she was in Doleful's, she was feeling away. She was feeling salty, as she always does when Mariana is not attentive enough or setting her stuff. And all it takes is one stormy night in a boudoir. And Anne is redoubled, re-tripled, right. <laughs> recommitted, everything. That's got to be some spectacular sex. I'm saying we have a lot of smoke from Ariana for a lot of different reasons. And as we inch ever so closely to Scarborough, there are reasons. But if there's one thing to be said, um, the Lawtons knew um, if it's worth it, let me work it. Put my thing down, right? flip it, and reverse it. I had Anne listed like... <laughs> She's like, uh, I gotta find a life <laughs> to stand here on my own. Is your flipping never flip? Yeah, yep, well, yep, um, yep. Redoubled and had a jaunty list is so fucked up that she was like <laughs> reversing everything I just wrote literally five minutes ago because I caught that that spectacular oh and Mariana was doing her Freddy, Freddy that was delicious, delicious. Wait, I think I just halfway channeled Mariana in my head, but then Villanelle. Yep, I know, I and know. And whatever, it's a savage <laughs> crossover. It's a savage crossover. It's still relevant. So, you know what? Okay, what we should say about the moments of cold is look at where we are. They are back in each other's company. The first day is not good. It's, it's not. bad. The second day ain't really good either. It's not looking good. But we get to third day. We are on the Sunday of this weekend. We get some rain. We get some thunder. And then we get our moments of cold. So here we are. After this fucking night, I'm sure Anne was waking up and I was trying to think of a, of a proper analogy, like a, um, an opera singer or that one character from Friends. It's morning time. It's morning time. Like she's out here singing musicals and sonnets because she probably had such a great kiss right. the previous night, judging from the entry. <sighs> but then we get into some bullshit. And this is this. This is what I'd be telling you about Mariana. You heard the entry. We just read it. You heard the sentiment of what right. was going on. And look at what goes down the vetty, the vetty next day, the Monday, the vetty next day, the Monday of that stay. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The entry starts. Em and I called on Miss and Miss Margaret Compton of Essault, staying with their aunt Crompton on the cliff. In code, she writes, the Cromptons, very civil to me, observed it was very good in me to call on them first. They had seen me walk past on Sunday. I had then my cloth police on and all the people stared at me. M owned afterwards she had observed it and felt uncomfortable. This morning I wore my velvet spencer and net frill over my cravat. I must manage my appearance and figure differently. Must get a silk police, perhaps for Miss Harvey. When I have more money and a good establishment, I can do better. In the meanwhile, I will not be much in M's way. When I can give her a clot, it will be very well. At present, I cannot. She owns this sort of thing makes her feel uncomfortable. Is she ever conscious that she is at all ashamed of me? I could and ought to excuse and forgive it. I do so, but my proud spirit whispers the consolation that it shall not always be so. It excites my emulation and ambition, and may the day come when, even in outward circumstances, my friendship may do some honor to those who have it when even the Mrs. Morritt and Godric of their day may think it worth their while to pay me some civility. So I'm going to pause there. I'm going to pause there because as you can hear, that's the, that's the beginning of the, of the end. Uh-huh. In terms of, I'm just trying to, I, I'm just trying to, even when I look back at like, okay, um, perhaps those jaunts shouldn't have been taken, Candace, uh, because wow. But I, I'm really trying to think of a moment in my life where I could be like, wow, I just had this really 
kind of life-altering emotional and sexual experience with someone. And the next, not even 24 hours, in the morning time, in the morning time, I'm being a dick in the morning time. I, I am ashamed in the morning time. I have insults. Please make it make sense, Terrence. No, this, Why? this, I don't get how we're here. I don't get. But we are. Right. We are. We are. I mean, yeah, you was looking jacked up. I mean, but I thought that was just, your, I thought that was just, I thought that you were doing like a you thing and I was just going to just let you do it. I'm sorry. It's the way you said that. It's fucked me up. All right. So this entry continues with more social groceries for Ann Lister. Further down, um, she writes after talking about sitting down to dinner at three that she got a note from Miss Goodrick to M or Lou to ask one or two and those are underlined, to go there in the evening, meaning them and not Ann Lister. And in code, she continues, would not ask all because they knew they had friends with them. Miss Goodrick was introduced to me on Saturday and thanked me for the book I brought them. They passed us two this morning. It is quite evident they particularly mean to avoid showing any civility to me. Miss Fontaine of Bath told them in 1814 that I was masculine and said what they have never forgotten. Before this, they wanted to know me, but ever since, they have lost no opportunity of showing more than once, at the expense of common civility, that they are determined not to know me. Before, and at the time M married, we both resented this and all but cut them. Now, she and they are good friends again. I make no remark. I care nothing about it. I excuse them all. And though the thing mortified me, I said not a word to betray this, but soon acknowledged to myself that perhaps I was obliged to Miss Mort and Miss Goodrick. I am so little used to this sort of thing. Perhaps it is a wholesome lesson to my vanity. I have no feeling now, but the wish to live to show myself to them in happier circumstances of society and general reputation. I should like to stand above them and have it in my power to throw them some civility from higher ground from that on which they stood. But I have some curiosity to know what they think of me the very fault they find with me. Is it in myself, my manner, or my situation in life? <sighs> You're subjecting her to mean girls. And I don't, I don't, why would you side with the mean girls? And you're supposed to be with I don't know why just... you fucking with people you didn't used to fuck with. Unless right, you're different. out here being fake. No, I mean, and I get it. I think that's why, as part of the, the head, the head reindeer games Mariana has to play, is that it requires a degree of fakeness and bullshit that is not going to sit well with your lover. Potentially, because how could it? I mean, I don't. What else is there to say here? At this except... point, I, I mean, it's your someone's got to get iced out here, and if you need to keep up, but how is she icing out Anne? But I understand what you're saying. Right. It just don't, it doesn't make any sense for Anne to be like, yo, years ago when we were first, like when we were first cool, like you and I used to crack jokes about these assholes, and mm-hmm. now you are with these assholes being a dick to me. Talk about I have an invitation for one or two. For you and Lou, when you know they seat you and Lou and Ann out together. Look at my waveform. I have been screaming. It a, looks like it's solid, solid rectangle shape. It's but just, wow. Again, the boxes are not getting checked. They're not. Like she's she's not coming out a winner here. I mean, there's people, there's, you know, she has a hand that she's dealt. You know, Mariana's mm-hmm. got this life that she's living, but. How, how much is someone else supposed to endure for for your sake? <sighs> that that Man. supposedly, I mean, I I don't know how much someone is supposed to endure, but I really do think you know Mariana pushes the envelope because of her own unhappiness. 
and what what the byproduct of that is creating in her life and all the spheres. I think that her negativity goes outward everywhere to Charles, to Anne, to her sisters, to her family, anywhere it can go at any random time, depending on what has happened that day to remind her about the things that she feels are unfair. All right. So just to continue in the bullshit, because this is this is what we've been building to. We have, of course, a follow up on the 16th of September, because this is literally a daily situation for Anne until she ultimately separates from Ariana. And on the 16th, she writes about concepts that we've heard from Helena Whitbread and Joe Lennington and Choma and the other historians about Anne using her journal as comfort and solace. And in this entry, I kind of feel like she lies to herself a little bit because she says that she's happy with Mariana, just not in Scarborough. And it's like, girl, I think, I think it's both. I think it's both for the situations right think now. It's I, think it's, I think it's the two, but okay. And she talks about her clothes being shit and looking like shit and that she essentially wants to go home. And talks about her and Mariana having a convo before dinner. And Mariana talks about how low she felt when people stared at her. And well, we're getting to the part where Candace will continue her large waveform screaming because wow, 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 wow. Because this is the entry essentially where I feel like Mariana says she would change Anne. That she would change her. And I just, oh, that's yeah, the one thing that I can't, I can't abide. But let's, uh, let's get into it. All right. She writes, wrote the whole of the journals of yesterday and Sunday and so far of today, all which took me till 3.30. M having come in from walking a quarter hour before dinner, sat talking to me. I have left them to dine without me, so I have a little cold meat at tea time. Still very billously inclined, but writing my journal has amused and done me good. I seem to have opened my heart to an old friend. I can tell my journal what I can tell none else. I am satisfied with M, yet unhappy here. I seem to have no proper dress. The people stare at me. My figure is striking. I am tired of being here. Even if I looked like other people, I should soon be weary of sauntering on the sands. I dawdle away my time and have no pleasure in it. M came up to me for a few minutes before dinner. We touched on the subject of my figure. The people staring so on Sunday had made her then feel quite low. I expressed my sorrow and consideration for her. She knew well enough that I had stayed in the house to avoid her being seen with me. Yet, said I, taking me all together. Would you have me changed? Yes, said she. Oops. See? Uh, uh, yeah, let, yeah, continues. To give you a feminine figure. To, yeah, to give you a feminine figure. That, that's the other part. Yes, said she. To give so... you a feminine figure. Oh, but it's not. Oh, but it's not. The entry goes on. Quote, I would be contented with intellectuals and could you be contented with these, M? Yes, said she. I could. It would make no difference to me. She had, she had just before observed that I was getting mustaches. Sorry, and that sorry, it made sorry, sorry. <laughs> what she, she, what what you are saying in this entry, and I, I need to let you finish, but you're not. Is that <laughs> is that M is basically saying, you know, the thing that makes you you, I could do without it. But I want it. Yep. 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 So, so why are we like, doing this? It's like, could we do this whole, like, you could you could give up this whole thing and just do this other thing? And Emma's basically like, well, I literally just deserved the other day that you were, like, growing a mustache and, quite frankly, it made me sick. Because that's where I would, that, that was the sentence I was trying to finish where you're coming off and it's probably better for you that I didn't just run into it because you might have just walked out of the studio. But that's, that, that's what she says, that when she first saw this, it made her sick. And the entry continues in code, if I had a dark complexion, it would be quite shocking. I took no further notice than to say I would do anything I could that she wished. 
So straight up, she's like, so babe, if you could change me, would you? Because, you know, this, this stuff with the people and the staring and whatever, like, would you fix that? And Mariana's like, hell yeah, I would actually. And this, I also find this other thing unattractive. And so, my God, what a beating Ed Lister's ego and pride and self-esteem has taken on this, this hateful weekend that began with some of the best grubbles of her life. I know. To, fu to really fuck her up. That's what, that's what helps to fuck you up. Because if you're having bad sex and someone's being a dick to you, it's, a real, it's real easy to be like, you know what, I'm out. I'm out of here. Right, I don't I'm need done. this. Right. When you got the cloud of good sex, when you literally are writing your journal, this is, is it the best? Possibly one of the top three of my sexual fucking experiences. And then write literally whiplash tomorrow. You are being told in so many words and in so many actions that you're not good enough. That you're actually something to be ashamed of. They're actually not someone to be proud of. I do not want people to know anything about this. And why does your hair look like that? Why do you have hair on your lip? What's going on? And I'm disgusted. And Anne coming with that energy, because this is where she still is, and processing, I would do anything I can, Mariana. I will do anything I can to make this easier for you. Like, that shit is mind-blowing to me, which is why I think Mariana gets taken out her socks years down the road because she's used to this type of Anne. She's right. used to fucking beating Anne down in a way that, huh, girl, what? And then still having all the stuff, the apologies, the empathy, the space. Anyway, I'm, never again, never I this just... low, never again by someone who says that they love me to my face. <sighs> just, just never again. You're, you're not going to have me out here looking like this. I didn't need to be here. I'm literally only here because of you. To see you, to spend time with you. And you are just causing me pain. So great. Yeah. On to Wednesday, the 17th. Basically, in this entry, Anne talks to Mariana and doesn't want to go places with her anymore. Doesn't want to go on calls to be social because of what she's been experiencing and wants to wait till she has like more money and status since Mariana can't handle the groceries, which I feel like it's a little bit of shade, but you can tell me what you think about Anne's wording if she's kind of shading Mariana here. But essentially Anne writes that she's agonized. You know, she's in a crisis over what everyone is thinking in Scarborough, including Mariana. And I don't, I don't, I don't like it. So we're almost done, Thank thankfully. We're almost done with this horrific week. So Wednesday, Wednesday, Anne writes, Talked a little after we got into bed, told M I would not be with her again in strange places till I had an establishment of my own and that degree of importance which would carry me through. For that she, and she owned it, had not consequence enough to, as it were, pass me off. If she were a Lady Mary, it would be very different, but I knew her feelings and excused them. I felt for, and had a great deal of consideration for her, more than she was aware I was going to offer never to be with her again till we could be together entirely, but I stopped short, though, not before she guessed that I meant offering to be off altogether. This seemed to affect her. I said I had stopped short, doubting whether it would be right to make such an offer, for things had perhaps gone too far. It was necessary for people to meet sometimes, and I had no right to propose what might weaken the tie between us. Which, you know what, Candace, finish the entry before you start your ranting. For the intellectuals might not be enough for me. She said, I did not know her feeling, the objection, the horror she had to anything unnatural. I showed her I understood her and then observed upon my conduct and feelings being surely natural to me in so much as they were not taught, not fictitious, but instinctive. Said from my heart, I could make any sacrifice for her, though she could not for me. I could have braved anything. Yes, I have often felt 
I could have rushed on ruin. She said it was lucky for us both her feelings were cooler. They tempered mine. I said this was not necessary. I had met with those who could feel in unison with me. My feelings now began to overpower me. So this is, um, this last real long entry is a lot. So I'm going to just take pauses because that in and of itself was a lot. Was a lot. I don't know if you have any comments about that first okay. I'm trying, deep paragraph. I'm trying, right. I'm trying to just sit with it. But ultimately, things that struck out with me off the bat. A uh, degree of importance should have been a buzz, a lightning, a flash, mm-hmm. a, a flare to be like, hey. I don't feel important when I'm with you in strange places. And you're not doing anything to have me think otherwise. Mariana's like, me either. Like, I, I feel, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait. <laughs> I guess you're not hearing what I'm. She's like, oh, I thought we were saying who's embarrassed by, oh, no. Oh, we, oh, okay, wait. I, I got that wrong. I got that wrong. She's so rude. And it's it's interesting because here she is making excuses again. Well, if if Mary were richer, if she if she were a lady like Veer, you know, maybe she could maybe she could like take care of me or be or pass me off as someone decent. I'm just like I don't. I just feel like Mariana doesn't have that jaunt within her, unfortunately, that proactive jaunt of pride, because it doesn't seem to be what she leads with in any sense of the word. And she's constantly agreeing with you, Anne. You're like, God, was this the most embarrassing thing in the world? She's like, Yes, it. Yes, it was. Thank you for bringing it up. And Anne's just like, oh, okay. I, I was hoping that that wasn't the answer for you, but that's that's what you said. Great. So I, and this is more of that, of her exposition that we said, that she feels like she, that her version of her love is immeasurable. She says, I could have braved anything and rushed on ruin, which earlier in the entries, we were talking about how she was like, oh, oh, this is why, this is why Mariana's at Lawton Hall. And actually, I prefer her. In Lawton Hall, because, you know, if this is where she needs to be. And if we had money, but we don't have any money, that's why we actually had to do this. Because if we had money, we would be living together versus this to where we are right now, where she's like, um, actually, I would have rushed on to ruin. Actually, I would have been OK being a bit destitute and not being a haughty bitch, because I mean, and this is my you can give your own opinion after it's all done or now. But just my opinion for the root of Anne that of course caring about money and aristocracy and all that thing is relevant because she's gentry and this is Britain in the 1900s but at the same time I mean it looks like there was a great deal of influence of how important money and status and material possessions were because of how much emphasis put on them over the years by Mariana and all the external stimuli to an enlister with her police with holes and things and things. Everyone's staring at me. Right, right. Right. How do you not, how does that not leave an impression? (sighs) All right. So we left off with her saying, my feelings begin to overpower me. And good girl, let the passion be in you so you can make some better decisions about this. Get your ultimatum, girl. Right? So she writes, I thought of the devotion with which I had loved her and of all I had suffered. I contrasted these with all the little deceit she has put upon me and with those cooler feelings with which she thought it was so lucky to have tempered mine. Woo! Sorry, I just love the way she phrased that. I just, I just love the way she phrases that. Why you would want your partner to be less passionate about you, I don't understand, Mariana. I don't get you. That's not what you want. Anyways, she continues, I thought of these things and my heart was almost agonized to bursting. The tears ran down my cheeks. I stifled my sobs, but at last my agitation could not be concealed. M bade me not try to hide it. 
and it must have been about half past four before I could at all compose myself and drop to sleep quite exhausted. My head much swollen in the morning, yet I got up and cold water made me decent enough to appear at breakfast. M cried a little last night and several times asked, can I say nothing to console you? No, my love, said I. <laughs> I just saw your reaction. Sorry. I just... It's his aunt's reply. Nothing human can just now, or I'm sure you could. Oh, <laughs> like that's a compliment and an insult. That's and I like... just, this is what I love about Ann Lister's use of words is that she's right there. She's right where I love to be with my favorite Tennessee Williams plays where you out here with double, triple, quadruple entendres. You got levels upon levels inside your levels of what you're saying. Where she was like, look at this beautifully worded thing. I am complimenting you and I am insulting you all at the same time. And it sounds fantastic. Like, And I don't want to say Mariana was being twee because I'm not saying she was unintelligent. I'm just saying. <laughs> Did she I get the levels of shade? No, she wasn't reading to it. to console you. Well, if you're some sort of mythical beast, maybe you can. <laughs> no, literally... That's what she said. <laughs> but she said it in such a way that it was so damn pretty. Yes. Listen, girl, if there was a human on this planet that could, surely it would be you. But as it seems, no human can console me, my dear. <laughs> Whew. All right. And again, here we are stifling sobs. Once again, stifling sobs, stifling sobs that Mariana evidently can't hear. But as I maintain, ignores, ignores, ignores. the sobs. Although this time she does say eventually like, is there nothing I can do to console you? And in my mind, I'm like, there's a lot so does that you could mean do. That you were there's trying? a lot you could do. No, wait, wait, wait. Were you in process of trying to console? I, what was I'm, that? I'm lost. Because I didn't hear you ask Friday, can I can I have a kiss? Because that's the primary way Mariana consoles is with her bold day as a distraction, not actually her words and her actions. Because I, again, I'm I'm looking for the receipts of where where are the Mariana actions and words that are. Just so moving. And I'm not talking about the words she sends when she realized she's been replaced by Ann Walker. But that's for another episode. That is That letter is for another episode. I'm sorry I let that slip out. I'm mad that I'm now thinking about that. Let Do it. Marinate on it. <laughs> because it is something. It is something to definitely talk about. And we will talk about it in the future. So after Ann says that, that wonderful line, she adds, It was with great difficulty I could contain myself all the morning. I have been twice to the place with a bowel complaint and feel far from well. Oh, the warm milk still got Miss Lista fucked up. And it's not right. Surely both Lou and Eli must wonder what is the matter. Lou must have thought me in bad spirits yesterday, much more than today. M has been sitting with me this last half hour. I have been telling her she is not to blame. <sighs> but she is. She is a bit to blame. She could not make the sacrifice for me. I could for her, but I do not, ought not to blame her for this. It is her nature and perhaps a wise dispensation of providence for us both. I have mentioned that Miss Morritt and Miss Goodrick's conduct is so pointed they must have some special reason for it. It cannot be merely my relative situation in life or my manners or my appearance. There must be something affecting character more than we know. Uh, accountability. Uh, I mean, uh, mm. here she is not blaming M once again for her lack of character and then questioning her own. She's like, surely, surely, surely it can't just be the way I look, right? Surely, surely it can't just be the way I talk, right? It has to be like character. It has to be something deeper and more worthwhile than something as superficial as what I look like, which is totally something that makes sense and is awesome. But at the same time, I think back to Ann Lister and her auntie talking about that one time they saw the servant and they wanted to throw up. 
So I just have, you know, right. both sides, both sides, right. both sides of the coin, balancing amount. She continues, explain that their civility was of no importance to me, but such a pointed way of appearing to show that they did not think me fit society for them would be striking from any persons. Said I only cared on M's account. Said more on the subject of acquiring more importance and then I could do with impunity what I could not do now. The day might come when I should be very differently off and then whatever eclat I had, I should be glad to shed it on M. This did move her. Now, I... Don't know what you heard, but all I know is how I interpret this. And the whole of it bothers me because Emma's is in the dolefuls and putting a type of pressure to make Anne feel bad about the fact that she feels bad, that she made Anne feel bad. Right. And so Anne is here reassuring her that, oh, it's not your fault. I understand that I love you more. I understand that I can do more and take more pain and sacrifice more because this is what is natural for me. And your limitations are what's natural for you. And I guess if we go into Anne's other philosophical theories about what is queer, how many gay ladies are there, how unique she sees herself, this is what I meant. And like, this is, this feels like this is playing a part into this dysfunction with Mariana is that her, the incredible thing that makes her so unique and so confident in this time where it'd be super hard to be queer and confident is the same thing that keeps her co-signing, coddling, making excuses for Mariana by saying, well, she's not as remarkable as me in terms of my right. natural instincts with the gay, with the jaunt. She's not like me. So how could I expect her to be this strong or this full of character? Which, you know, I, I mean, I, you can't stand on your own. You know, you're not brave. You aren't built the same way I was built. Right, but she's saying she's saying that with her full chest and Mariana's like, true, true, true. And it's just like, but this is, <laughs> this is a wild conversation you guys are having. And this is a wild conversation you're having with yourself and in your diary. And it's just fucked up that Anne is so confused and lost at why. She's basically like, why doesn't anyone like me? Why don't people want to be my friend? Why don't people want to know me and talk to me? I feel like I have things to talk about. I feel like I've read a lot of books. I feel like I can say something about the politics of the time. And yet nobody wants to talk to me. This is fucked. And the last part where she's like, you know, if I, if I ever had influence, if I ever had ends and things, bands to put in your hand, I would do it. And the fact that she says this did move her, I, I'm just trying to figure out what that scene was playing out like. Like, what was Mariana's potential response to this stuff? And I guess realistically, if you're Mariana, you could be salty internally if Anne is saying these underhanded things like, listen, I love deeper than you. I have <laughs> I have more jaunt than you. I can make sacrifices you can't. That maybe it wouldn't get a response from Mariana that would be positive. But for her to respond to, hey, if I had the world to give to you, bitch, I'd give it to you. This did move her. Like, what? Truth or manipulation? It's all manipulation. Oh. But of course, <laughs> she uses some truth to get to the manipulation. Well, that's how the best manipulation works. Truth right. but a piece of lie. I'm just lost at how that's supposed to work when Mariana married a man for stuff and security. Shouldn't it already be assumed that your lady love would do the same for you if I mean, she had it? Isn't that kind of the thing but maybe i don't know that's why i was like what do you think about how this plays out because i have a couple ways i see this scene in my head how it could have happened and none of it makes me feel good no no i i'll concur and say no it, it won't because the security she sought she got and now she feels she may not be able to keep it because of the untimely uh death of the one that would have provided for her the one she chose to be nice to 
<laughs> oh, Charles. Well, not all the time, because remember that fight they had when oh, they yeah. was in the gig. And maybe some of what Anne said did get to her because the line she says after this, according to Anne, is, Fred, I do not deserve you, and bursts into tears. And so it could be in combination of that troll that Anne is doing where she's giving compliments, but she's also insulting her. Like, I love you, but more than you could ever love me. Like, I do. I would sacrifice for you always, babe, in the way that you could never actually ever sacrifice for me. I am so open to these possibilities in the way that you were never open to these possibilities. Like, I feel like that's that's the double-handedness that's coming. And maybe Anne Lister doesn't always realize she's doing it. But I would also argue this is a part of the toxic expression of their love, that it has to come with these caveats these side pieces of like i love you but here's this piece of bitterness right here because i can't help it it's just attached to what's going on right now it's been years and nothing's getting any better i mean because i was quick to concur and say hey Anne, you know what you do not deserve her you deserve more you deserve better and i can't wait for you to get it well i wish mariana had that job but not really uh and writes that after that, that she was rather convulsed, apparently unable to listen to her any further. Therefore, she sat by her in silence. She said she too had a bowel complaint. Oh, stop drinking the milk, lady. Stop drinking the milk. And had been gone into the garden half hour ago, and I have not seen her since. Lou has been here. Is it just going out walking, and I have desired her to take M with her? I shall go and inquire after her. Then it's like later, M did not go out. I found her crying in her own room, stayed a little, then left her for an hour to compose herself. Then we had a long conversation. She said I had done her good and seemed sensible of the truth of my remarks. She thought I should be happy without her. She was always giving me pain. I could do better without her than she without me. Mm. Mm. See, now, well, I'll let you give your own opinion, but that line, that, what, what are your thoughts on that? She thought I could be happier without her. She was always giving me pain. I could do better without her than she without me. Um... I'm not allowed to use this reference. I'm not allowed. So delete it. If it's Killing Eve, stop it. This is, no, find another reference. (laughs) But how are you so deluded that you're, that you're the, the cream of the, the cream here? Just because you have these Sadiddy friends and you're the one who can, who's in this lifestyle that you think that you will be, well off without your girlfriend because you have a husband and you think that you losing your girlfriend won't affect your life, your status, your happiness overall as much as the reverse. Well, that's what she's saying. I, I personally think it's a little bit of gaslighting. I feel like she's saying to Anne that like, like it's the, it's the reversed energy than what she had been putting out where she's saying you you could, you'll be fucking fine. You could not have me in your life and you'll be fine and you'll go on. But me, me without you in my life, I will not be okay. So it's like, it's like Anne was saying these other things to which Mariana was co-signing like, yeah, yeah, you right. You love more. You love more intensely. Yeah, you more committed. You do more sacrifice. And maybe that's half Mariana, like just sort of like dealing with how Anne is coming at her. But at the same time, it's like, um, <laughs> it's Mariana saying you, you could survive. And that's why I feel like it's a gaslight because it's like on the one hand, you saying this one thing, miseries, gaucheries, do change. Please shave that if you could. But on the other hand, you're like, but but I couldn't survive without you. Like you could, you could definitely survive without me. Like, you know, it's, just, it's a flip of energy that I don't know if she really believes it or if she was saying it to be manipulative. And I suppose I'll never know. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. So... Oh, I'm happy I'm, I wasn't there because it's like, oh, but you can survive without my three steps. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
It's whatever. But you're petty, you're petty. So that would be your response. Right. Which, to be fair, and Lister, half her response at the very minimum are at least 30% petty, <laughs> if not 80% petty. <laughs> so after that line about she thought I should be happier, she was always giving me pain and can do better. Anne says, I behaved affectionately. She said she would have more energy if character. She would suit me better, for she loved me with all her heart and as well as she was capable of loving. I said this business might make us understand each other better and do us both good. We were mutually affectionate and kind, and I hope we shall go on well together in future. And that's 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 it. And Sunday the 21st, they're all off from Scarborough, and that is the end of that section of life. And Anne will go on to ponder for a number of weeks, days and weeks and really months, how this whole situation went down, how she feels about it. And how it affects her her emotions and mentals really going forward um i just I, there's there's something here and i don't i feel like it's a bit of truth and a bit of a bit of lies from mariana if she was out here saying that i love you with all my heart addendum as well as i'm capable of loving i'm wonder if she said something like that or if this is ann lister adding like what she has said before I'm which is like this is all you're Anne. capable of because if it wasn't ann then it was then it was m playing into the game but isn't she already playing into the game? I feel like she's playing into <laughs> no, the game when no, she, she says, is. you'd be happier without me. Right. I can't live without you. Right. When literally you were acting like you could live without a bitch being herself. Right. You sort of said that a few so, days ago. So if there's a petty off going on in this argument, then it's M saying, you know what? To my extent and capability, my capacity to love, since it's a thing that I can't do, because you had to remind me of that just now in this conversation. I love you with all of what I can. And that's just her giving the petty back to What's Lister. that song? I'm giving you all of me. Is that John Legend? That's John Legend. Yeah, yeah, With your perfect... Wait. I don't know the lyrics. Uh, uh, me neither. Me either. It's just, it's there. It's like, I just have the... Right, like it's... The, it's, the air around right. it. Exactly. <laughs> what is no, that? no, no, no. I know what you mean. I know what No she disrespect means. to John Legend. It seems like a nice dude. Um, gifts to charity and whatnot, whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I know the songs. It's a hum song, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) She would suit me better for she loved me with all her heart and as well as she was capable of loving. Now, I think that's one of the most honest things Anne has written about Mariana to date. I think that sounds like settling, but you know, what do I know? I don't know much. Settling, surely, because if someone finds you shameful, but then isn't this also speaking specifically to Mariana's capabilities? It's not speaking to Anne at all. Anne is now saying that she thinks that this is what Mariana is capable of. So you take out Anne Lister, you put in another bitch on the grubbles. This is still Mariana, obsessed with perception, obsessed with gender norms, obsessed with people's perceptions of gender and sexual relations. So how is this not a Mariana weakness versus a, an Anne weakness? Well, I mean, perspective. But I mean, why would you tell someone else that you have a weakness when you could very easily just pin it on the other Manipulation. Person? Yeah. She finishes that she said this business might make us understand each other better and do us both good. We were mutually affectionate and kind, and I hope we shall go on well together in future. So that is essentially Scarborough. That was rough, man. Okay, so for everyone who didn't or couldn't immediately get all the context of what they were uh, so, um, I'll say, ferociously debating and unloading in regards to in the carriage, 
this is it. This is what mm-hmm. all of that was. It was, I mean, yes, there were immediate words that led to immediate reactions, but it dug up and reopened and like, think of all the, the stitching that, that burst and all the wounds appeared fresh and brand new. Uh, well, I think there's one thing that we probably haven't got to yet or unsure of where it is or where it will fall. Which one? Well. Um, the, the whole, you set me back. That's like the only piece of the argument that that's... Right. That happens basically at the sort of end of our timeline here that we're going on. Because everything else is like we've jumped around so much in these historical nightcaps. But I just sort of felt like baby Aniana, as I'm calling these two, was important as well as these crucial points of impacting and Lister's perception of Mariana and probably how much of herself she would have been willing to show her versus what she might have been willing to do in 1818, you know, or 1816, etc. So essentially, you know, Anne talks about also the gaucheries. And oh, this is another thing I want to bring up. Curious to see your opinion on it. But I really feel like with what she's talking about with the people in the town and how fixated she is in multiple entries about the society and what people think about her and really thinking like, it can't just be my mannerisms. It's got to be my station. It's got to be what I know. It's got to be my conversation. And she is so preoccupied with this that I, that's why I said I feel like snobby Ann Lister was already snobby Ann Lister because of who she was being the gentry, who her aunt is, who her parents were, whatever. But I feel like this is Mariana's impact. When we see Anne in London and she's paying visits to Lady Stewart and the rest and she's all about her society and having friends, how do we not directly connect this to what has just happened with Mariana, where she is clearly an embarrassment versus being what Mariana rather termed jester of the show, which I would just say is her shitty way of saying desired company by people who are certainly more important, quote unquote, quote unquote, in society than Mariana. The Anne in the show is an Anne that has read more books. She has been more places. She has slept with more women. She has made more friends and certainly of higher society. So I'm saying that I don't see how people cannot correlate this to the situation that has just happened, where she is fixated quite a bit on her appearance and her mannerisms and this idea of pride, being proud to call you friend, proud to be around you. Because it seems to me to be a direct juxtaposition to Mariana's obvious shame that perhaps wasn't so obvious to Ann Lister all the time, but becomes glaringly obvious and impossible to miss in Scarborough, that she laments consistently these people not wanting to be around her and longing for a time in which people want to be around her and consider it a privilege to be around her. This is what I'm hearkening back to. But Okay, so from what I can tell with a lot of the writings, there's few moments when things are highlighted when Anne is in forced company, mixed company with individuals who Mm. don't find her interesting or charming or fascinating or you know entertaining in the least and she did she doesn't highlight them if it is happening it's not something that i would say she would cling to so i want to say that thoughts of people like even when she got cut off in the in the carriage he was like go to hell or whatever like you know she could care less he was going his way she was going hers mm-hmm. um so yes i would say that she of course is is not going to forget being in the company of people she could not stand with someone who was claiming to be her loved one and them also siding with those people who are also 
poking at her for things that aren't perfect with mm-hmm. her. Uh, but I just feel like she would have cited that as a moment that she would never be in these kind of spaces again and not that ill-equipped to deal with what people are saying. Not so much that, you know, I'll never be this poor or I'll never be this, you know, disheveled. Or I'll never be... It's more, I will never be this quiet about how you feel if it has anything to do with me directly. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of it. It's an evolution of Ann Lister. And certainly the time she is forced to spend away from Ariana, a lot of it she fills reading and learning stuff. And she says that deliberately in entries we've covered before where she's like, well, get into my studies, get into my books because I'm so fucking lonely and upset and depressed that I must, I must find a way to build myself up and be optimistic. And I'm going to do that with my studies and eventually also travels. So, yeah, you know, Scarborough is a fucking mess. At the end of this bit in Helena Whitbread's book, she writes that after this Scarborough incident, Anne went to stay with the Norcliffs at Langton Hall until the 17th of October and then joined up with Mariana in York until the 22nd of October, after which she returned to Shibden, bringing Mariana with her, who then returned to Lawton Hall in November on the 1st. So even though what we just read was from the mid-middle September, basically they were still in each other's company for all intents and purposes until November when she returns. And then Miss Whitbread writes, and while content enough to have M's company for this long period of time, still continued to analyze the events of the summer and autumn and found it hard to reconcile herself to M's evident feeling of shame at being seen in public with her. However loving they were when they were alone together, Anne recognized that something irreplaceable had gone from the relationship and it would never be the same again. Anne was now 32 years old. She considered herself no longer young. And in addition, had suffered some severe psychological shocks due to M's behavior and the dawning realization that people such as the Miss Moritz and Miss Goodricks of the world studiously avoided being seen in her company because of her, quote, masculinity. Anne's youthful exuberance and romanticism were slowly giving way to a rather cynical worldliness. The ownership of property, travel, social aspiration, and her desire for a life partner who would enhance her own status all became desirable goals. Some of these ambitions were achieved in her lifetime. Others were to bring her further humiliations as the years unfolded. So. so when you are poised or surrounded oh. by people who are actively trying to avoid your company and you're trying to hop up with the echelon of society, mm-hmm. that means one of two things. That either means that you're going out to more events and parties or they're going out to more events and parties. And if you choose to say an event is one not to miss and someone is actively trying to not be in your company, then maybe they should stay home. It's the same thing with being poised with uh, Park Hill's Three's a Crowd. Well, if you truly feel that three is a crowd then maybe you should leave like that's that's it maybe you should leave like miss parkell did get the fuck out of here so my next favorite entry is on the 28th of october because i feel like it's ann lister getting frank about mariana's actual value to her so she spends some time and of course this is still in the window for hanging out with mariana ish in the beginning she writes or she writes Eventually. Saw M merely for a moment. Somehow I relapsed too often into a feeling of imperfect satisfaction with her. She wants tenderness in her manner towards me. She is too commonplace. Her sensibility seems rather weakness of nerve than the strength of affection. She thinks a good deal of her appearance and dress and has not had time to think much of taking care of mine yet. She is subject to a feeling of shame about me, 
such as Scarborough, I fancy she would sometimes rather be without me. She too much makes me feel the necessity of cutting a good figure in society, and that, if I was in the background, she would not be the one to help me forward. Ooh. She is not exactly the woman of all hours for me. She suits me best at night. In bed, she is excellent. That's that's a little bit of shade. How's that not? That's not shade, Mariana. Mariana been the same person. She's giving Mariana a compliment. I mean, to me, Mariana's <laughs> Mariana's been the same this entire time, and is just finally waking up to it, and she's finally seeing for herself that the excellence is in bed. The excellence is not in the other categories in which two people who love each other and who are trying to make a life of it would match up. She falls short in many of these other categories. Like I said, she don't even buy the bitch a stocking. You got people making fun of her stockings. You can't steal a shilling from Charles. He's your husband. So is it really theft to buy and list her a better police? I mean, damn, girl. You're so upset. You're so embarrassed, but you can't hook a bitch up. How'd that work? How does that work? You got shit to say about her hair. But you can't hook her up with the police. You can't give her something. I don't, I don't, it don't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. It did not take Ann Walker very long at all to start handing out gifts and be like, I was just thinking of you. Here's this thing. In fact, as we know, Ann Walker gave the first gift and not Ann Lister to Ann Walker as mm. depicted in the show. So what is going on? But that's it. She said she suits me best at night. In bed, she is excellent. In bed, she is excellent. You heard it here first? Well, you didn't hear it first. But you heard I see it. that you say it's true. But no, I, it's, I, is it shade? No, I'm saying it's shade. You're saying it's the truth. And I'm I like, will. Lord. So have you ever had that John for someone? They suit me best at night in bed. They're excellent. I mean, in me the daytime, say, they're dicks. No. For me to say that they're their best selves on their backs. I mean, oh, that's well, what I read. No, it's I mean, uh, well, that's what I read. I so, I mean, if that's where you excel at personality wise, and I see why you only come out at night. Freaks come out at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So that was why that is of note because Anne is having a moment to her fucking self where she's probably thinking of moments of cold and mm-hmm. there were flashes of light. Yeah, girl, because the night before you were like, this shit is the most fucked up shit I ever did see. And the very next day after an excellent kiss and a trip to Italy, suddenly, suddenly, Everything's back on. So, Anne, thank you for that insight into yourself and to Mariana. There was an interesting mention on the 14th in this entry. Like, it doesn't really parlay to the Aniana drama. But it was a mention of Tib getting her head shaved because of stuff. And she's not feeling well and being upset that her head was shaved because she had to wear a wig. But they felt like the wig was too tight. And she was, like, passing out and getting headaches. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what was going on, but I hate it. I hate it all. Shaving of the head, the wig, what that wig probably was like then. Right. Did I consider the aroma? Like sizes. Right. Lots of things. Like, why was she having headaches from the tightness? What is going on? Is was this not made to suit Isabella? She got bread. Her family got bread. Why we can't get her a custom wig? Anyway. So that's just random, unimportant stuff. But also it was to help her apparently have her hair grow back black and thick. So that is true. You can shave your hair and have it grow back thicker than it was some people lament that on their legs like i've had some friends lament that i don't know if that's happened to you where you shave the body part and then it comes back like oh yeah well that's what happens when you right that's that's generally what happens when you shave it doesn't happen to me though i don't at least not not on my legs that's been like my one i don't even think it's a superpower because i don't really care per se but i'm not a person that has to shave my legs for people to think i've shaved my legs oh got it got it i just don't um that's one of those genes that did not carry into our bloodline is that actually no let me let me belay that because i should say me and my brother 
really, where my sister, she has this adorable trail of hair, like, down her back. <laughs> I think she gets that from my dad, but I don't, it's just not, it doesn't happen. But I've had enough people point it out to me that it's apparently alien for my friends that shave regularly. And then they'll be like, Candace, did you? And I'm like, oh, I haven't. And they're like, what the fuck? What is this shit? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just my jeans. And the thing is, I do have hairs. They're just very light right. brown or blonde, and you can't see them. Right. And so I'm like, that's, I, don't blame me. Blame that my grandma, works. somebody. Right. I, it's got nothing to do with me. <sighs> the 19th, in this little trip of them hanging out, music festival, whatever, whatever, is when Anne mentions, again, the dirty business. And Mariana is now trying to do a little bit of gaslighting now that we are further days removed. And you read what Anne said, or rather, you heard what I read that Anne said that Mariana said. So check this. She's like, began talking of one sort of thing or other. She said I had mistaken her speech at Scarborough. But she would not undeceive me, for it was a subject on which a sort of pride had all along made her wish to conceal her feelings, even from me. She had shrunk from me knowing that she had so much passion in her composition. She had meant that if I had a feminine figure, she should be satisfied with intellectuals, that is. She should think I had enough of these, but insinuated she did not intend to say she should wish for nothing more. I think it would have been impossible for me to guess this from her speech and manner at the time, but I did not press the point, but congratulated her on having casually discovered what made me feel better satisfied than before, what reconciled me more than anything else could do to the Blackstone Edge and Scarborough business, and what I hoped make us much happier in the future. She persuaded me I had often done her injustice, often thought her careless of me in cold and worldly, when she was neither one nor the other. We talked on and we were very affectionate and mutually satisfied with each other. She could do anything for me, share poverty with me, or live in a coal hole. Can you explain to me how else besides Mariana's magical thighs that she somehow, the same Mariana that had Ann Lister convinced that she needed to stay the fucking side, how this same Mariana somehow convinced with her magical legs that she would live in a coal hut with Ann Lister? Excuse me? A coal hole with Ann Lister? Do you not remember the entry we read in part, whatever the fuck, where Anne was trying to tell her aunt, oh, well, you know, if we just had 30 pounds a year, she would have left with me. If we just had 30 pounds a year, well, if we just had this, well, you know, we could have done that. And now you're suggesting that you believe that Mariana would live with you destitute in a coal hole. You would go to Listerwick? And live, run free in the coal hole. But how does this happen? How we are less than a month fucking removed, Ann Lister. I tell you how. The Mariana magical thighs, because nothing else makes any sense to me. Nothing else can make it make sense to me but this. Because it is so absurd to believe, actually, that Mariana would share poverty with you when everything that has happened in the past fucking month has shown you if there's one thing Mariana's not gonna do, is share motherfucking poverty. If there's one thing Mariana definitely doesn't want, is a hole in her goddamn stockings. Or is that just me projecting? I don't know. I don't know why Ann Lister thinks that anything's just going to be hunky or would have been or can be hunky-dory. And it was this revisionist history nonsense oh, yes. that's trying that's to... That's revisionist history by Mariana. Absolutely. You were absolutely right about that. And we talked about that, that you could have a fight with somebody and because you were really affected, but they were more cavalier or careless with their words and said really harmful things that they maybe don't remember half or more than half of what they actually said to you. And then when you remind them of what they said, they're like, I didn't say that. And you're like, actually, you did. And they're like, no, I didn't. And you're like, actually, you fucking did because it's literally written. Okay. It is. You took a knife and okay. you literally scarred it's it on etched. top of me. It's yeah. etched. It will never leave now. So I know you fucking said it. And every time you tell me you didn't say it, you're just or you're making me more upset, actually. Mm mm mm. 
Helena Whitbread also wrote that around this time period, there was sort of like the emergence of the air issues and what would happen to Mariana when widowed by Charles. And she talks about how they spend a lot of their time together talking about ways of getting Charles to ensure his life in Mariana's favor, give her some aspect of security, writing letters to and from Dr. Belcombe and things of that nature. She was especially pressed because Mariana hadn't produced an heir by this time. And she was feeling really like, oh, I don't know if anything is going to be provided for me. And because she had relinquished her claim to any of the Belcombe estate in favor of her unmarried sisters, who had yet to ensnare a man or be ensnared by one, to be sure, that she was like, my future prospects looking bleak, bitch. They looking real bleak, real bleak. And what shall we do? And a part of this was making tentative arrangements to ensure Anne's life in her favor as an additional safeguard. Because she was like, well, well, what if something happens to you, though? And Charles, what then? And so I I understand this financial talk was a part of, like, courtship and stuff. But still, I'd have been like, oh, you want to ensure my life, bitch? <laughs> Woo! Woo. All right. Okay. On the 28th, she writes, She at last proposed ensuring my life at 20 pounds a year for 800 at my death. This seemed to satisfy her as providing for the only contingency that can leave her destitute. She is, she says, sure of a home if I live, but life is uncertain and she would provide against my death. We guard ourselves into a grave humor, unfit for a kiss. Well, hell yeah! Y'all talking about wills and dying and shit and Marriott is basically like, yeah, if Charles dies, I could be destitute, but if you die, like, and you're not here to take care of me, what then, Anne? What then? Will you ensure your life for me? And they discuss all this and then they're they're not in the mood to have sex, which, would you be in the mood to have sex after discussing I your will? I personally would not. What? Nah. Nah, I don't think I would either. In- including someone who's not my real wife and my will. <laughs> Doesn't this put a new perspective on what Mariana said in the episode? So have you, you've been writing wills and all that. <laughs> no, Mariana, we've not gotten to the will writing yet. But <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. So Mariana leaves November 1st, like I said. And Anne's still like, what if we were together? Because literally after she writes of M leaving, she says, M off from here at 1040. We stopped at the cross to put on an additional pair of horses. I went with her tete-a-tete in the carriage about half a mile beyond Rippenden, then left her at 1210 and walked back to the library in two hours. Stayed there about two hours. Got home about 430. Stayed talking to my uncle and aunt till 530. Then went into my room. My heart died within me as I entered it. Oh, that we were together. I mused, I scarce know what, after leaving her this morning, and went to the library to pass the time and delay my return to the place she had left. Pass the time. It was written in French. So, see, so you see what it is. Like, it is what it is. Like, half the time Mariana's there, she's making Anne feel bad. And then 100% of the time Mariana's not there. Okay, I'll be nicer. 98% of the time <laughs> Mariana's not there. She's making Anne feel like shit, usually. Helena Whitbread, in her book, basically says that the rest of the year is uneventful. Outside of Anne writing to Mariana and Isabella, which took up most of her time, she spent time learning, writing, going to church, and all that shit. Now, this is a random speculation moment. I don't even want to say what my speculation is until I just read the thing, and then you can tell me if you have a speculation of what I jumped out to me. So this is an entry from the very last day of the year, December 31st. And she writes, A longish letter from M. Praise of Miss Pattinson. She and M are to try botany together. M in despair about painting on glass. All her glass breaks and the colors do not turn at the proper shade. I have told her it is the too sudden heating of her furnace and not the colors that are in fault. M means to give me my flannel waistcoats. Oh, that was in code. Hawthworth came just before breakfast, which interrupted me a little. Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't fucking matter. So... 
anything jump into your mind about the first part of the entry about M writing a letter? Oh, where she's trying to make she's praising Miss Pattinson. Uh-huh. Oh, well, see. <laughs> You went to what is relatively tame of like she's trying to make Anne Lister jealous, and I was like she's grumbling Miss Pat <laughs> or oh, flirting well, like or flirting or doing something. I'm just the reason. Let me explain myself and why I thought this is because from what we've seen in the show and what we've seen of how these women interact with each other, of not saying the obvious but certainly implying what seems to be obvious that if Mariana in future is reading about her little friend Miss Walker and Anne isn't writing in her thing about to grumble this hell. In the show, yeah. But she's just like, oh, we went to her house, made a call. So this is what this looks like to me. Like, why are we mentioning Mrs. Pattinson or Miss Pattinson, excuse me, which is important because that means she's not married. She's not with the sacrament to a man. Right. So how do I know that Mariana isn't motherfucking flirting in whatever way she might have flirted with Ann Lister when they first laid eyes upon each other? How do I know that as they're enjoying botany together, they're not doing like ghosts, you know what I'm saying? Like the pottery. How do I know what's going on with Miss Pattinson and uh, Mrs. Lawton? I don't know. But I we just simply know, think right? that these grubble women, these queer women don't mention other women for arbitrary reasons. But that's me. That's my conspiracy theory. Would love to hear people think about it. It's really out there because there is nothing to prove that this could be true except for my ridiculous idea. I mean, I get, I get it. And it's kind of as precedent with mm-hmm. what Mariana and Anne have done. I don't know. So yeah, that was my side speculation. Not really relevant, but I saw it and I was like, speculating. Grubbles. Because <laughs> you know I think more grubbles were happening in Halifax than just between Anne and whoever she was grubbling at the time. You know that I believe that in my heart of hearts. Certainly we already know who else is on a grubble. Miss Pigford! So, there. So, any hobby that they could be mentioning mm-hmm. is not really about the hobby. It's really any hobby. It's like, it's grumbling. Exactly. So, saying that, you know, oh, I feel a way about trying to, what, paint the stained glass windows because <laughs> the colors are not right. Oh, is that because oh, of the complaint? Oh, man. How come every Think time you bring up the complaint, I'm traumatized now? Well, I'm sorry. No, but, I mean, I, when, if I have to relate every activity that they're writing about to grumbling, then any time there's difficulty or nervousness around the activity has to be something related to the grubble. So that's and so for Alyssa to call it out saying it's the furnace that's the issue, that's <laughs> that, that ooh. Right. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. It's not the paint. It's the it's the furnace. <laughs> it's like, the furnace. So why eighteen twenty four is of note is just because bigger rifts form between Anne and Isabella and Marianne and obviously Scarborough Blackstone Edge. We've gone through it. We've just gone through it. We know why it should cause a big rift. And just like Anne Lister gets more distance from Marianne and the grubble and the kisses and whatever, she seems to get some clarity in her brain about what she should do with her. We at least we do get in January and lamenting that she's given the complaint to Tib, which is now finally confirmed that Tib too has the complaint <sighs> and she is suffering. What it took two years? I mean, not two years. And she's really like, I wonder what she would think if she knew Mariana was like, oh, my God, let me just keep it to myself. So she feels a bit of guilt, some gauchery about her bad fucking behavior at the beginning of the year. But, of course, continues to go on about her and Tib can never, ever, ever be like that other film we saw. We can never, ever, ever, ever be. So is everyone just walking around smelling like salve and aloe? Or or what are are they taking? I um, I mean, I know. It's bad, whatever they're taking. There was an interesting compliment paid to Anne on the 10th of May by a Mrs. Kelly. And Anne had wrote in her journal, she's evidently flattered by my attention. On taking leave, I saluted her left cheek, which I believe I have not been (laughs) in the habit of doing before and begged her to give my compliments to her mother and say (laughs) I should be much obliged 
to her to stop me when she met me, as I should be glad to hear of Mrs. Kelly. <laughs> My manner was not quite so flirting this morning, girl. I am well enough satisfied with it. <laughs> we were talking of my dress. She said people thought I should look better in a bonnet. She contended I should not. So she got a little bit of that Ann Walker joint that other people are saying, gosh, shouldn't Ann Lister dress more like a lady? And here's Miss Kelly like, oh, I don't think so. I'd rather disagree. I, I don't think so. And she said, my whole style of dress suited myself and my manners and was consistent and becoming to me. I walked differently from other people, more upright and better. I was more masculine, she said. She meant an understanding. I said I quite understood the thing and took it as she meant it. That I had tried all styles of dress but was left to do as I liked eight years ago, had then adopted my present mode and meant to keep it. She asked how I employed myself, said to keep up. Latin and Greek would take up a good deal of time. I spoke of Greek as my favorite language. And that is the end of her coded reference to Mrs. Kelly. So obviously Mrs. Kelly was like, I see you, but I think this is fine. Other people seem to think that you should be conforming to the nonsense. But no, 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 I think this suits you perfectly. This is this is what you're supposed to be doing. This right here. Which we know Anne Walker thought the same thing. She's like, all this right here, what it is right here, just exactly what you're presenting right now. It's perfect. I love it. I thought an entry she had in June was funny because, you know, she's still separated from Marianne in this time. And she writes about how she was looking over past journals. And so she's like, from two to six, looking over volumes two, three, four, and five, as far up to page 111, my journal. And she's like, volume three, that part containing the account of my intrigue with Anne Belcombe. I read over attentively, exclaiming to myself, oh, women, women. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should I be can. exclaiming, oh, Anne, Anne, when you read your fucking journals. But she's literally looking about her shit with Anne Balcom. And she's like, oh, women. And she's like, I thought, too, of Miss Valance, who, by the way, is by no means worse than Anne. <laughs> it's like, are you telling this to yourself now? <laughs> and then she's like, who took me on my own terms even more decidedly. The account, too, as merely noted in the index of Miss Brown, amuses me. I am always taken up with some girl or other. <laughs> <laughs> now she's reading herself or she's reading herself to filth she's like what shall I amend yet my taste improves I could trace <laughs> I could trace much inconsistency and selfishness noted down against M and uh, well girl if you would just look at the timeline of what was happening you would see that yeah girl you right you never off on the flirts you literally are thinking about a woman at all times and also M has been up and down this entire fucking time because we have suffered through all of it we have essentially almost gone through a decade of their establishment and what happened since then and if there's one thing we see it's the yo-yo of Anne and Mariana but you know what I read that and I was like get your confidence back girl recognize the player inside and please let the wings spread once again. Just how I miss Pickford be like, yo, could you just spit some of your game? I just I just need a piece. <laughs> She's like, could I just could we go to Paris together? Right. Together, like, see what happens. Bring your girl. And I then, won't bring a girl. And then like you do the lesbian I'll pick thing. One up there. Like right. I, I'll be doing studying anatomy in my room. You do the She'll lesbian. Be like, I'll be working on my research. Room. Right. You do the gay stuff. Right. I'll just be doing research. <laughs> And asking you about what you're doing. Right. But, you know, not me. I'll just be researching and reading because right. that's how I know about this right. stuff is I read Miss Pickford. She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, of course. They uh, too in Paris. She doesn't <laughs> suspect a thing. She doesn't suspect a thing. Miss <laughs> Pickford rolling her damn eyes like, girl, I wish you would stop, but... This is what you need, oh, okay. She'd be journaling out loud. Miss <laughs> Pickford doesn't <laughs> suspect a thing. <laughs> Oh, man. She I, decided to retire her groom and has taken the reins. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps I should think to do the same sometime in the future. Right? I mean, it would be a scandal, but why not? Tib is into it. 
So I highlighted the June 19th diary entry from this year just because it is the mention of Mrs. Priestley and the odd freak comment that is referenced in the show where she writes about a Miss Hodgson evidently likes me. I think she has no objection to Mrs. Priestley's leaving the room. I could make rather a fool of her, perhaps, if I liked. But she seemed sensible enough, and I have neither intention nor inclination to amuse myself at her expense, though I am very civil to her. Speaking of my oddity, Mrs. Priestley said she had always told people I was natural, but she thought nature was in an odd freak when she made me. I looked significantly and replied the remark was fair and just and true. After all, she herself was proud of being thought a friend of mine, and I now have certainly made up my mind, I think forever, to like her better than anyone else here. So we already know about our Mrs. Priestley Mm -hmm. theories and what's going on there, but so that was just a mention because of its relevancy to the show. We jump a month to July because Mariana's spidey sense is back on and she's like, oh dear. I feel like Bay is drifting again, the driftwood. So let me go back over there and bless her with my magical thighs once more to reinvigorate. (laughs) Change your mind like a girl. Changes clothes. Exactly. And so this is an interesting thing because, of course, they get into it about Blackstone Edge and stuff. And I feel like this is another one of those instances where Anne softens probably when she shouldn't because she's affected by Mariana Stoffels, which, you know, a decent partner should be hopefully affected by you being sad and want to change that sadness. And so here's M just rapping on the door. A little after six, awakened by a rap at my door, it was M who had arrived by the mail. I certainly did not seem in ecstasies at seeing her, but pretended I was half asleep. (laughs) She thought she should have found me in my studies, did not take much persuading to get into bed and gave me one kiss immediately. Then she's like, in the morning, and breakfasted in bed, and I sat by her and had my breakfast between 9 and 10. Her aunt came and sat with them a good while, and then we fast forward to the coded part where she said, I had kissed M in the morning and behaved kindly to her, yet the business of last August was all in my thoughts and I did not feel right towards her at heart. In driving her to how end, I began talking, how altered I was, grown more selfish, more positive in my own ways, could never again be held by the nose, etc. I saw she was getting low and I talked of common things. On returning, I renewed this subject, asking if she thought me improved. She said she would tell me tomorrow. At last, it came out. She thought me more selfish. Now, (sighs) how does Anne start pulling more agency for herself, more confidence for herself? And she's like, yeah, I am being I'm being selfish because I'm trying to prioritize me as I've been prioritizing you and what you want and you need the entire time. And it makes me feel like shit. And she's like, can you see a difference in me? Can you see that I'm like stronger and better? And she's like, yes, I do. You selfish. You are. You are more selfish. You are. And I guess what bothers me is the use of the word selfish because it's like a negative connotation. I liked you better when you were broken. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. <clears throat> she had been saying she should not like me to drive four horses. Okay, but why is that your business? I had said, well, but if I liked it, she ought to give up her wishes to mine, for I must have my own way. From little to more, I got her to confess it had struck her. I was saying all this against myself because perhaps I wished to be off as well as I could. After a minute's hesitation, which evidently alarmed her, I denied what she fancied, but explained candidly the impression that Blackstone Edge and Scarborough Business had made on me, that I could not shake it off. She explained as well as she could that I had taken it up too strongly. I said there was no accounting for feeling, but I know. At all events, M must manage me better. I could not stand it. She seemed low and did all she could to conciliate. I could not bear the thought of making her unhappy and reassured her that with a little good management, she might bring me right again. (sighs) So Mariana doesn't want to deal with the consequences of her careless 
actions and words and behavior and and acquiescing ultimately at the end to be like, well, I want to get out of jail free car, whatever you want, baby. Like, I no. Mm-hmm. Next day, we got a sentence from Anne. Poor M. I do believe she loves me with all her heart, and I really think she will take some pains to manage me better in the future. You see how it is? M is there. There it is. This is what's happening. This is what she's writing about. Next day, she's like, two last night. M spoke in the very act. Ah, said she, can you ever love anyone else? So, yes, yes, I. Uh, but I wait, could. but wait, uh, what? D- no, it's. I have feelings and about this because the act? she. Right. We look, we have said this in the group of confessions. I've yelled this time and time again because I'm like, Mariana was a dirty talker. Obviously, this bitch was ahead of her time in her century about what to do in the boudoir to get bitches going. So here, because every time it happens, Anne writes about it, which is why I'm curious about the other entries that aren't fully decoded because she got two kisses and she's like, M spoke in the very act. So that's. That is M doing what she did. So that means that whilst Anne Lister was in those magical slash toxic thighs, in the act, mid-grubble, mid-stroke, mid-whatever the fuck was going on, M is catching those eyes like, hey, boo, you can't love anyone else but me, right? This, right? This right here, right? Remember the best kiss you ever did have, right? Come on, man. How is That's Mariana. That's her game. Do you see where I'm coming now when I say it really goes back to a lot of the sexual expression? Because what is this? It's conditioning. I didn't finish. Sorry, I was yelling about that. But she's like, after she writes that Mariana says, can you ever love anyone else? She continues, she knows how to heighten the pleasure of our intercourse. She often murmurs, quote, oh, how delicious, just at the very moment. All her kisses are good ones. Well, well, well. I would just like to say that this is only till this time point because we definitely do get to points where her kisses with Mariana are not the best kisses. They are right. not where they are right now. But here's where we are right now. Here's where we are in Lister, where she's like, every single time I go to Italy with Mariana, it is the best. Surely this is love. Yeah, surely we can work it out. Yeah, surely. And I'm telling you, Mariana could see that in the act. Like, don't you know? Like, if you ever put the thing on somebody, right? If you ever dropped it down, broke it down, and you just put the thing down, you can tell when you're doing your best work. Yep. So I have to believe that Mariana can tell when she's doing her best work, which is why she reinforces it with words to take Ann Lister all the way out and replenish herself with, what, four to five more months of steady Ann Lister until she starts to waver again. And then, okay, let me pop back up. Right. Again, this is my interpretation, guys. I, I, I understand someone out there probably has a completely different view of what Mariana's up to, but... Yeah. Well, you're not going to find me disagreeing. This, I mean, like I said, the spidey sense, this is what we've been calling it. It's like, oh, she's sort of, she's not on the hook anymore. This is like, I'm just, I keep bringing up this deeper and deeper video. It's like whatever, what was going on in there. And I'm going to watch it again because that's <laughs> how weird it is where it's like, she's deeper, over here trying to have deeper. a party and, you know, celebrate. And all of a sudden everything's black and white and she's stuck in the thrall of some, somebody who's not deserving of it. Yeah. She got to break free. And in the following day, she's still on the same shit. Behaved very affectionately to M, bade her be happy, said I was come quite right again and that she had never before made me so happy. She seemed satisfied. She had not been so happy these eight years. And I'm like, girl, that's, <laughs> you know what? We went over a lot of entries to say right. that you've not been so happy these eight years. I don't know. Because I feel like I remember a previous thing where you, okay. Where maybe not um, the happiest point. Like maybe you were at your the, lowest no, you said, point. No, but she's saying she's not been so happy these past eight years. Like this is the best. And I'm like, okay, but we really weren't that many years removed from you saying that same exact oh, right. shit. 
she continues that Mariana was rejoiced. I was going to France, thought it would do me good, and she never left me before in such good spirits. She felt that she should be happy. I had all her heart. I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I guess if you believe that and it helps you in a moment, great. I don't know, man. So, you know, for the most part in this time period, and of course, is back on the fucking shit. And I don't even know. I mean, it ends optimistically, right? And essentially, this is this time period at the end of summer is the end of, or at least for me, where this is relevant to Helena Whitbread's first book, Secret Diaries of Miss Ann Lister, because she ends around this time. And then her second book, No Priest But Love, goes into when Anne goes on these travels to Paris and, of course, meets the infamous and lovely Mrs. Barlow. Oh, no, I am asleep. Got a lot of love in my heart for Mrs. Barlow. And... What I think is interesting here is that even though we're ending again in this weird way, but I feels like it's like truth and lies. Anne oh, is yeah. lying to herself. Mariana lying to herself. There's a whole lot of lies going on here, but they're trying to end optimistically. But very clearly, the foundation was still a hot mess because if it wasn't, how does Mrs. Barlow inveigle herself so? And even though Anne would eventually say, fuck Mrs. Barlow for Mariana again, but look at the pattern. Look at the people that she could have made up to and continued. And who knows? And obviously, Anne Walker was the one. But my point is, is that Mariana was like this anchor yes and kept pulling her back in and and convincing herself oh this is a healthy anchor and it's like girl i don't i mean i guess good sex is 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 good for your health but this is a long way to that decision oh so this means that you really think they're gonna explore the uh mariana visiting post the wedding yes testing the I do. Uh, I feel like if if Sally Wainwright wants to be honest about it, she has to. I don't know how far she'll go into it, and certainly there are differences of opinions about what happens there. But like I said, for me personally, a grubble is sexual contact. So, irrespective of how many clothes are on or off, a grubble is a grubble. It's in the summer of 1824 that Anne takes off with Cordingly to Paris on the 24th of August in 1824, and she's gone until the spring of 1825. So almost a year. And September is when she starts to become gal pals with Mrs. Barlow. And then you all, we know how gal pals evolve. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So that starts in September and continues into 1825. And this is also Anne learning French and experiencing her gaucheries yeah. there. She meets Mill de Sands and flirts with her and Mrs. Barlow. And her and Mrs. Barlow spend New Year's together as they go into the new year. But what I find most intriguing, I mean, we spent a lot of time, maybe not a lot of time, but a decent amount of time talking about Mrs. Barlow and Anne and the ridiculous sexcapades that went on. And I really feel like this was a very healthy time for Anne in the sense that she seemed to be exploring things sexually. That well, that, that can't be a bad thing. And trying new things, potentially potentially of stuff but leading on mrs barlow for lack of a better word because barlow essentially believes she's the only right and then and then she realizes that she's not because Anne mentions mariana and again it would only take a girl with a piece of common sense to hear Anne talking about mariana or referencing her especially after Anne's already been flirting or making up to them to know oh i see so not only do you also make up to this girl she's the top She's the prize. She's the crown. And this is what essentially happens with Mrs. Barlow and Mariana. Excuse me, Mrs. Barlow and Anne. And for Anne's part, she leverages, in my opinion, Mrs. Barlow to do what she does with Mariana. Here's jealousy. Here's something. Here's competition. And to be fair, it does what Anne wants. It jogs Mariana into that. Whoa, 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 what? 
What? Because as we know, when Anne is on the Amorosa with Mrs. Brawley, go back and forth, but they start talking about real shit. Could we live together? Could we be companions for life? And we know that Mrs. Barlow expresses real authentic interest in doing that with Anne Lister and has her reservations because of her child, because of her age and all that shit, but she's into it. And then it really doesn't become an issue of reservation for Mrs. Barlow until she discovers Mariana's existence. And she's like, oh, and she becomes salty about it. And then once Mariana learns of Mrs. Barlow's existence, she too is salty and looks for reaffirmation of a commitment from Anne. 